You happy to be in church today? I believe it. Hey, before you sit down, can you guys make some crazy, crazy, crazy noise for all three of our God Behind Bars campuses? Men and women, we love you so much. I just want you to know if you're at one of our God Behind Bars locations right now, you are every bit as much a part of this church family as those of us in this room right here. We love you. We believe in you. We're so glad you're with us. What's up, Austin, Texas, Brussels, Belgium? We love you, family. All right. Have a seat. Look at your neighbor. Don't touch him. Give him a look that says, I was hoping I'd sit by you. I said a look, not a talk. You guys feel good, right? All right. I'm so glad to be with you today. Um, if this is your church family, man, I just, I love you. I've been so excited all day to, to come be here with you. And so I'm so excited to be here. If you're visiting, my gosh, we're so glad you're here. If this is your first time, look, I was thinking today, what a weird thing it is to visit not just a church, but I was thinking about that, but like really in, in our day and age to go to any group setting where everybody else has been going for a long time and then you just show up like that's just weird, right? And then to show up at a church and when you, you, you everybody's, it's just, it kind of escalates the weirdness. And so I just want to hopefully put you at ease just a little bit and let you know that like we already know we're nothing special. We don't have all the answers and we won't pretend to. We're not perfect. We won't pretend to be. We screw up all kinds of stuff. Wait till you meet Ronnie. <laughs> so, hey, listen, no matter what's going on in your life, I mean this for real. No matter what you've been through, no matter how close you might feel to God or how far away from God you feel or no matter what you believe or think you believe or what your doubts are or what anybody else has ever said about you, no matter what you come in here thinking about yourself, I want you to know in this place, you are going to be loved and valued and welcomed and accepted. And we mean that you've already been prayed for. So welcome home and welcome to Red Rocks Church. Hey, so we're in this sort of year long series that we're calling one, six, seven. And then under that, we're doing sort of sub series. And so 167 is this, and you'll see it on some of the swag. You'll see it on some of the graphics. There's 168 hours in a week for those of you who are just joining us. And amen, you know, great sermon, 168 hours in a week. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, there's 168 hours in a week, and we spend one of them here, right? So there's 167 hours that we're not together at church. And so what we said from the beginning of the year is like, we don't have time to play games. We don't have time to mess around. We're not trying to come here. Nobody's got an extra hour this week, right? And then if you have kids, it's a whole nother thing. And, and then like our parking sucks at every location. You know what I mean? And so like, that's our new slogan. I decided it earlier today. Our parking sucks, but the journey's worth it. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. All right. Like we don't have time in our life to come here for an hour and play a church game. We want to make this so meaningful, so significant that the 167 hours that we're not here are actually different because of it, right? We want to have a relationship with God that is so just like real and raw and meaningful and authentic 
that, that the 167 hours that we're not here are actually different because of the relationship we have with God. That's what we want. Too often, we're, we would be tempted to come here and put on the smile, and every time somebody asks you how you're doing, say, I'm good, I'm good, what's up, and bro hug, except for right now you don't bro hug, right now you just, hey, and, and then you wash your hands, and so, like, but you know what I mean? Like, we're tempted to play, play this church game. I don't want to play games anymore. We don't got time for games, right? We need something that's real and authentic with our God, and so the scripture that we started this year off we're going to spend a lot of time looking at again today. It's Matthew 7, 24 and 25. Because we said at the beginning of the year, we want to build a different foundation this year. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That's what we want. We want to be the kind of people, look, storms are going to come. Storms are going to hit our lives, and at times when we never saw them coming, and at different levels of severity, but we all just know, like, that's part of life. We're going to go through storms. We want to be the kind of people that we're not playing some church game. I've actually got a life that's built on a foundational relationship between me and my God, so that when the storms of life hit, it doesn't take me out. I can actually stand through the storm, and after the storm's gone, I can, get, I can tell you my story and go, I'm actually stronger than I was before the storm hit. That's the kind of lives we want to live, right? And so we're going to build a foundation on the rock. And so now we're in this new series under the 167 banner, and we're calling it Take Home Faith. We said, look, for this to be real, to build an actual foundation on the rock, we can't just play church, and we can't just leave everything at church. Prayer needs to go home with us. It's got to be take home, right? If, if this is the only time prayer is a part of your life, when the storms of life hit, it won't be enough. If this is the only place where the word of God is a part of your life, when the storms hit, it won't be enough. We want to take worship home with us, right? We don't, we don't want to just come in here and worship. We want to make it a lifestyle. We don't want this to be the only place where we're locking arms with other believers. We want to make that a lifestyle. It's our, our church game has got to travel, right? So, so we've been going through these four things, prayer, the word, worship, and locking arms with the right people. Well, if you've been following along, we've hit three out of the four. And so today we're going to finish up with the word. This is actually a multi-week message that I'm going to do on the Word, and so don't miss next week. I can't wait for next week. We've already, it doesn't matter. We got plans for next week, all right? And, and so, but come back next week. Bring somebody with you. I promise you it's going to be worth it. But so this week is the first week of this message on the Word, and in fact, I'm calling this part of it um, the Word to go, all right? Because we don't want it to just be something that happens when we're at church, I want it to be part of your life. And because you're at church and because I'm a pastor and because we were already passing out free Bibles during the announcements, you already know what's happening and where this is headed, right? I'm going to challenge you to get in the word. I'm going to challenge you to read it, to listen to it, whatever you like, to start to memorize it, to start to stand on it, to start to pray it, right? To start to declare it over your life. But, but there's, a, there's, some, there's one ground rule before we even get into any of that that we have to agree upon, and, and we can't be breaking the rules, all right? So don't touch your neighbor, but look at your neighbor and say, don't break the rule. 
Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Threaten them just a little bit. That's better. That's better. All right, here's the rule. Ready? No guilt allowed. This is a guilt-free zone, okay? If you're on a treadmill right now listening to this message, you're running in a guilt-free zone. If you're in your car, if you're hiking, if you're at work, wherever you're at, you're in a guilt-free zone. I don't think I've ever had anybody tell me I should read the Bible more and I didn't feel guilty after I heard it. You ever feel that way? Like, like some of you, I just said what we were going to talk about and you already feel guilty. You're already in your mind like, man, crap, I wasn't even going to come today. I knew it. It's true. I've never had anyone go, you know what? I think you ought to spend a little bit more time in the word. I've never went, oh, thanks. I feel more, I feel better about myself. I always feel guilty. Like some of us, some of you, maybe you're like me, like we have Bibles all over our house, and, and, but I have one. I have one that's my favorite Bible, and it sits on, on a table like this next to the, the, a chair, and I'm going to tell you about this in a minute. But like, I can't even look at the Bible in my house without feeling guilty. You know that feeling? Like you just see a Bible laying around, and you're like, oh, man. It's like running into your ex-girlfriend in the hallway at high school. It's like... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even going to look. I just feel guilty. Like, you have that relationship with the Bible sometimes. Like, if I read it three times last week, I should have read it four. If I memorized one verse, I probably should have memorized two. If I said I was going to do the read the year in a Bible plan, I probably shouldn't have missed any days, but I did. Like, it just feels like I just feel guilty. I don't want to feel guilty today. We're in a no guilt zone, a guilt free zone. Tell your neighbor, don't break the rule. No guilt allowed today, all right? Some of you, you're already going, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That's funny. <clears throat> you're going to make me feel guilty. That's not what I'm about today, I promise you. I started doing a Bible study recently with a friend, and my friend travels a lot for his job, and so um, when he was in town, we would, I would go to his house on Mondays, and we, we, we said, we're going to go through one chapter uh, a week, and then we're going to get together at your house, and we're going to chop it up, and we're just going to talk. Like, here's what I got, here's what I got, what'd you get, that kind of thing. Well, his travel schedule sort of upticked a little bit, and so, and I started getting busy, and so we're like, well, we can't, I can't come to your house every week, so let's just start, we'll do it through text. And so, and, and, then, and then when he was out of town, I was like, hey, we're going to turn it up this week. How about this week? We're going to read one chapter a day. We were doing a chapter a week. I said, how about this week we do a chapter a day, and then we're going to text each other. Here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. What'd you think? He's like, let's go. So we did this for about three days. It was like, boom, this is what I was thinking, and we'd be texting back. and be like, oh, that's so good. Oh, here's what I was thinking. Oh, that fire, fire emoji. That's so good. Like, you know the deal. And, and then all of a sudden, like, there's just radio silence for like three or four days. And I just get a text from him and it said, bro, next text, I suck. So sorry. And I'm like, mm-mm, we're not doing that. Sitting about guilt. We're not counting misses. We're counting makes. We're not going to do it that way, okay? We're not going to sit around and go, here's what I should have done, should have done, should No, 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 no. I'm telling you, when God, God draws us to him, guilt is not his tactic. It is love, right? I'm a father. I... There's nothing, there's, there's very few things in this world I like more than hanging out with my boys. I love to talk to my boys. I love for them to talk to me. My problem is I have two teenagers. 
I get like three words a week, right? Like I'm like, hey, bud, how was school? Good. Actually, let's be honest. He's a teenager. He goes like this. Good. <laughs> bud, how, how's basketball practice? Fine. Okay, cool. Um, so there's, I have a line that I, I'm like, I'll get you to start talking. And so I'm like, tell me something about your life that I don't already know about. <laughs> Dad, uh, like, it's not like my life is all that special. Okay, uh. <laughs> I'm telling you, my, my heart explodes with joy when I get to actually sit down and have like conversations with my kids. I'll tell you what, I would never, 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 never want. Never. I would never want them to come talk to me out of guilt. I would never want them to come go, Dad, talk to me out of guilt. That's no good for a father. I can promise you that's not how your heavenly father feels about you in this subject matter. He doesn't want to draw you to him through guilt. All right. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word condemn is to express an unfavorable or adverse judgment on indicate strong disapproval of. That's the picture that some of you have of God when it comes to you in the word. Truth is, if we were honest, that's the picture that a bunch of us have of God anytime we think about him thinking about us. And it's this. Right? And we think about how much time or lack thereof we've spent in the word, and we picture a God who's trying to make us feel guilty with his arms folded. Right? I want to tell some of you, you got the wrong picture of your God. The Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. That's how our Father works. He's not trying to draw you out of guilt. He's trying to draw you with his love. You need to start picturing the father in the story of the prodigal son. The kid goes away and he breaks up his family and he breaks his father's heart and he squanders one third of everything the father spent his whole life earning and he smells like pig crap and he comes home and the dad, does he give him one of these? No, what's he do? He runs out to him like this. That's how your father sees you. He's not looking at you today going, you ought to be better. You ought to do better. I hope you feel guilty. He doesn't, he's, no, no, no. He's drawing you with his love. I want you to see a father today with open arms going, if you want, I'd love to speak to you about your life, but no guilt because guess what? I couldn't love you any more than I already do. I don't love you more on the days you read the Bible. I don't love you less on the days you don't. That's not how I operate. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. In fact, this week, Every time you think about God and you're tempted to start to feel guilty because you realize one more time you're not perfect, could you see the father in the prodigal son, not the father with his arms folded? Could you start to remind yourself of the actual truth of what the word of God says, that he wants to draw you into a relationship with him through his loving kindness, not through guilt, right? So I want to challenge you when it comes to the word tonight, but we're in a guilt free zone. Remind your neighbor one last time, no guilt allowed.
All right, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know three things. God wants to speak to you. You can do this, and it's holy ground. God wants to speak to you. You can do this. You can, and it's holy ground. All right, let's go back to that passage that we kicked off this whole 167 thing with. Because it starts out with something that we almost rush through it so much that, that, that we miss it. Look how this one starts. Let's read it again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, right, and puts them into practices like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain came down and the winds blew and everything went crazy. But that house ain't going anywhere because it's got a foundation built on the rock. That passage starts out with. Those who let me speak to them, those who hear my words, I want you to know your God wants to speak to you. No guilt. He's not going to love you any more or any less if you let him. But I think he would tell you, but man, I have so much to offer. There's so much I want to do in your life and through your life. There's so, so many times I want to encourage you. There's so many times I want to put my arms around you. There's so many times I want to carry you through some stuff. There's so many times I want to speak into what you're going through. No guilt. I won't love you more or less, but you got to know your God wants to speak to you. You have a God that speaks. Look, if, if, if you've never read the Bible, if you raised your hand and just got one for the first time and you have no intention of reading it, you just can't say no to free stuff. Like whatever the case may be, just open it up to page one. Page one, you're going to start to see how much your God loves to speak. How'd he create the world? He, right? He spoke and created the heavens. He loves to speak. And when he speaks, when he speaks, things change. He spoke and created the heavens. He spoke and created the earth. He spoke and created the ocean. He spoke and created the Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountains. Somebody said Amen. There's a Rocky Mountain and there's a Rocky Mountain. You know what I'm saying? He did the whole. He spoke those bad boys into existence. He spoke and created the fish. He spoke and created the birds. He spoke and created animals. He spoke and created us. When he speaks, things change. But he, he didn't just create us and then go, go get him, kid. He goes, no, no, no. I love to speak to you. I'll speak to you every step of the way if you'll let me. It's the kind of God I am. I love to speak, right? And, and, and speak to us about what? Second Timothy three says this, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He says, I'll speak to you about every part of your life. If you let me, he spoke to Moses. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke. Just go read your favorite story and watch how many times it says, and the Lord spoke. I've been studying the story of Moses and man, just realizing all over again how much we have in common with this guy. This guy who had all these hopes and dreams and had so many things like that were going well for him. And, and then like, Awful things happened and things he never saw happened. And then he had a whole bunch of mistakes and regrets. And then he's running from things and hiding from things and trying to avoid things. And, and he finds himself living life in a way that's like, this isn't how it was supposed to. Like, I never imagined it looking like this. And 
And on this ordinary day, God speaks to him. And it's going to change the course of his life forever. We have a God who loves to speak. And I'm just telling you, guilt aside, get rid of the guilt. This is about an opportunity. You have an opportunity to hear from your father because I can promise you this. He wants to speak. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you and and you can do this. And I, I, I changed everything I was going to talk about today because I wanted to take a minute and focus on these first two points before I start getting into all the things I love about the word of God that I'm going to talk about next week. Because I'm so sick and tired of people feeling guilty when it comes to things that ought to just provide them with hope. Right? When you come here, like we all walked in here today dealing with stuff, struggling through things, fighting through things, trying to figure things out. This is going to be a place of hope. Not one that makes you feel more guilty because you showed up. Because your God is not trying to draw you closer to him through guilt, but through his loving kindness. That's who he is. So I wanted to make sure you knew that. Put the guilt aside. And I wanted to make sure you know that when it comes to the word of God, you can do this. You can listen to him speak to you about your life through his word. It's not just for the pros. A few, a few years ago, me and Chad B., how sweet was that having Chad B back in the house last week, church? A few years ago, we, we started, it actually started out in this lobby. We, we started talking smack with a guy named Mark Montoya who runs a, a MMA team called Factory X. And we were telling him, you know, maybe we'll come down there and teach you a few things. You know what I mean, bro? And he's like, maybe you should. And so me and Chad and Ronnie and Andrew and Luke, we started training twice a week with him. And on Friday, the second time of each week, we, when our, our training time landed right before all of his professional fighters did their Friday night sparring. All right, I'm just setting it up. I need you to get a good visual of this. In fact, would you put that picture up of me and Chad? I don't want you to think I'm making this up. All right. That's us at our dojo. All right. I don't know if that was, that looks like post-workout because we look a little sweaty. And uh, it's not a competition, but I'm obviously taller than him, as you can see. Um, I'm not competitive. I just like noticed it like a lot, huh? Weird. And anyway, so we are in our MMA gear and that's what us MMA fighters, because, you know, we're, we're all MMA fighters there at Factory X. That's what we wear. All right. We got the gloves, we got the shin guards, we got the little foot guard, we got the whole thing. And, and so we got the gear, the standard gear on. Well, we're, me and Chad were having a sparring session, supposed to be at 40%. Um, you get two guys and put them in an octagon and go, hey, go at each other at 40%. <laughs> it lasts like two seconds. And then you're like, oh, really? Okay. Oh, it's on now, isn't it? 40% escalates quickly. This particular day, we had been working on checking kicks, okay? So you kick and you want to hit them like right here above the knee. That's what we were working on because that hurts. It really hurts. But if you go like this... They hit your shin, and now they fall down and cry, right? Because you check the kick, okay? So me and Chad both swing our legs at the exact same time, as hard as we possibly can. Now, before I tell you what happened, put, put up the second picture, would you please? You, you see there, I've, I've highlighted something. I've noticed that there's a flaw in the standard-issued MMA gear. There is no protection for your toes, 
Okay, this is standard gear. It's what us, us fighters wear. So now back to the story. We swing our legs as hard as we can at each other, and we hit pinky toes, which apparently is one of the most painful things on planet Earth because we fall down to the ground, both going, ah, ah, and we're both like, time out, time out, and our coach Mark is just over here like this going, there's no timeouts in MMA, guys. There's... There's no crying in baseball. There's, there's no timeouts. We're both like, sorry, Mark, timeout, timeout. And we get up and we're both like, come here, man. Somebody help me out. And then we look up and we're like, then we realize like we're literally surrounded by professional MMA fighters as we're limping off with our toe injuries. Very serious, I might add, toe injuries. And I called Chad as we were driving home and I go, you know what this means? Like, we can never go back. He's like, oh, never. We're going to leave this to the professionals. You know what I'm saying? Now, the truth is, that's how a whole bunch of us feel about the word of God. I've tried it. I probably look stupid. I definitely feel stupid. I don't have the training. I don't have the background. I don't have what it takes. I can't get into this thing. It's way too confusing. I don't understand it. I wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't know where to start. You know what? I'm going to leave this thing to the professionals. And I'm telling you, there's a very real God and a very real Satan and a very real hell and a very real heaven. And God wants to help you flourish and help you live life to the fullest. And Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy every single thing that God wants to do. And Satan wants to get in your ear and he wants to, he wants to put exclamation points behind those thoughts. You're right. You can't. You better stay out of that thing. It's way too confusing. You could never. And besides, when's the last time? Who are you kidding? Don't even try it. Hypocrite. Get out of that thing. Leave that to the professionals. And we go, I, and our father the whole time, no guilt. He's like this. No, no guilt, son. No guilt, daughter, but I created communication. I'm pretty good at it. I'll make sure you know what's going on if you just try me. I'll speak to you about your life if you just try me. And he made it unbelievably simple. And, and I don't know if you caught it, but we've already read it. Put that same scripture back up. Therefore, here, here it is. It's all we do. You don't have to be a trained professional for this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, I'm going to read the word or I'm going to listen to it and puts them into practice, I'm going to try to do it, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock and the storm came and I'm not going anywhere because I got my house built on the rock and I'm stronger than I was before the storm ever happened. Why? How'd you start building that foundation? I just actually got in the word and let him speak and then did my best to actually do it. That's all. Every single one of us can do this. All we do is say, God, use, in fact, here's my, before I read the Bible, every time I just go, look, God, would you please speak to me? And I'm going to do my best. And then when I'm done, I, and, and in fact, you know, uh, up on the screen, it might've already said it, but I, I put in my notes, like read it and then do it. Like it's that simple. Okay. For me, it's really read it, write it, do it. But that's, that's how I see the word of God. I'm going to read it or listen to it. 
And then I'm going to write down, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I get that. There's this little, still, small, small voice that every now and then when I'm reading the scripture, something just, just jumps out at me and it's just, and you've had it if you spent time in the word of God. And it's this little bitty like, that's for you today. That's for you to, oh, pay attention to that. That's for, and you get this little thought, this little, and I'll write that down. I'll go, that's the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to me through his word. And then I'm gonna go, okay, God, I've done my best to get whatever you wanna say to me. Here's what I think you're saying. Now, you know how screwed up I am, so I'm doing my best. Here's what I think you're saying. Now, would you help me do it? It's that simple. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna do it. And yes, you can. You can do this. The God who wants to speak to you through his word created communication. He's the best at it. Let's leave all the heavy lifting up to him. All we got to do is say, I'm here. Go ahead and speak. No guilt. Opportunities only, right? But I'm in. And I know a bunch of you would go, but okay, if I'm going to do that, where do I start? Right? I'm so glad you asked. Because we just put this thing on our Red Rocks Church app on every one of your phones right now in the lower little, if you don't have the app, sinners, download it, get it on your phone, and then down in the little right-hand corner, there's a button that says Bible. Hit that button, and it's a one-year reading plan. Every single day, we'll give you a 10-minute reading. And it'll, it, here's what it's allowing us to do for the first time as a church family. We're actually going through the Word of God as a church family at the same time throughout the entire year. Talk about now having you show up at, at, at small group now with that, man, I was reading in Mark, and I know you were reading in Mark, so what'd you think? Because here's what I thought. Man, I was all screwed up, and like, I got some questions. How about you? I took my, my, my whole family out to dinner, and I, I'm not kidding. I bought my boys a steak dinner. They do not deserve it. They did not deserve it. They did not earn it. I said, I'm buying you a steak dinner. I have one request. Let's read the Bible together this year. And so my family, we're going through the, and we're not perfect, and we're not hitting all the days, but, but now I get the chance to sit down with my 11-year-old son in the morning, and we already know what we're going to read. And I already know what I'm going to ask him at dinner. Like, did you read today? Because here's what I thought. What'd you think? You want to talk about changing your family dynamics? Like, we can do this. And, and that's, so you don't have to worry about where to start. Just hit the button. We'll tell you where to, the, the program's already in there. It'll tell you what today's reading is. Now, I know what, like, destroys these one-year reading plans right? Because I've started one the last five years. I've never got through Leviticus. I just haven't. And here's why. Because I miss a day. I know it only takes 10 minutes, but I missed yesterday. Now I got to just now it's 20 minutes because I got to catch up so I can get back. And then what happens if I miss like three days? And what if I go out of town and, oh, my God, it's been like a week. Now it's like, man, I need like an hour and a half to catch up so that I can get back to today, and I don't have it in me, and so I'm out. That's what happens. Let's be honest. Why? Because I feel guilty, because I said I was going to do it, because I wanted to do it, but I'm really not perfect, and I didn't get it done, and I realized one more time that I'm not perfect, and I'm not good enough, and he's probably disappointed because I said I was going to do it, and I didn't do it, and so now I'm just out. That's not going to be us this year. We're not counting misses this year. We're only counting makes. Okay? So listen, here's what you do. You go, you know what? I missed four days. That's all right. Get them next year. We're going to put the same thing on the app next year. You get those four next year. I'm just counting makes. I'm just going to start today. I haven't read for 250 days. Good. We're not counting misses. We're just counting makes. Start today. My son works out with this basketball coach named Randy, and they were doing shooting drills one day, and my son was just just cash, just splash, 
splash, splash, splash, and just on. And I was just back there like, mm-hmm, dad taught him that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he started missing. Ding, clang, clang. And, and you could see it, like his, his face started to change. Like he started to slump. He started to, started to shoot different. Pretty soon it was. <sighs> Coach Train's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? He goes, what, what's right? He goes, I'm mad at myself. He goes, why are you so mad? He goes, because I keep missing. He goes, wait a second, come here. He goes, look up at that scoreboard. He's got a scoreboard in his gym. Just look at that scoreboard. Does that scoreboard count misses? My son goes, no. He goes, what's that scoreboard count? Ethan goes, makes? He goes, that scoreboard counts buckets. And that's all we count in this place, buckets. Stop focusing on your misses. Start focusing on your makes. Shoot buckets. That's how we got to approach this thing. Get rid of the guilt. It's killing you. And it's not even God's plan. Forget about what you haven't done. Forget about all the misses. Let's start today and count buckets. That's what we're going to do, all right? Now, how much time we got? All right. Hour left. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would do you a disservice if all I did was tell you stories about when I've read the Bible and how I've had these unbelievable moments where, like, it was like the heavens parted. You could hear the harp playing. And, and a beam of light came down. And I couldn't, I couldn't see the entire figure, but he was glowing. And he handed me a scroll. Oh, you don't have those moments? You should feel guilty. Actually, I have had some of those, not quite like that, but I've had some of those moments where like I get in the Bible and it changed my life. I'm going to tell you some of those next week. But before I do that, let me tell you, can we just get super real? I'm going to tell you about my Monday. All right, here, here's what happened on Monday. I have at my house, I have a chair and I have an ottoman. My wife won't let me get a, an ottoman that matches the chair because it doesn't match the coffee table. And so she's got this little poof. Thing, and it actually makes me sit lower and all the blood rushes down to my feet. It's probably going to kill me, to be honest. Um, anyways, I, I, I got a chair at home and this is, this is where I read the Bible. And I got this little table and I got my Bible next to me. This is not my Bible. My Bible looks way cooler, but creative team did good. So I sat down Monday. I didn't want to read the Bible. Um, truth is I'd, I've been feeling real depressed for like three, four days and, uh, I'm okay. Don't, don't panic. I know you're like, Ooh, he's a little unstable. <laughs> Keep a close eye on that one. You know, um, I, but, but I had a, I had a rough three or four days of just feeling like just depressed and for no reason. And that's even more frustrating. And so I sat down to read the Bible and it was like, I'm not kidding. I felt like there was like an invisible wall right here. Like it's right there. I just, it's like, I can't reach it. And the truth is I don't want to. And I know I should, I know it's good for me. I mean, I, I talk about this being good for you for a living. 
I didn't want to do it. It felt like, like, you know, when you're a kid and your mom tells you to eat vegetables because they're good for you, you know, my, my son Ashton asked me the other day, it's the best, one of the best questions he's ever asked me. He's like, dad, why didn't God make candy healthy? I'm like, son, that's one of the first things I'm asking when I get there. I'm getting sidetracked. So I didn't want to read it. What I really wanted to do is just sit there and be depressed. That's what I wanted to do. See, but I had something going on that none of you had to deal with this week. I had to preach about reading the Bible this weekend. (laughs) Try being that guy. I'm preaching about reading the Bible next weekend, and I don't want to read it. I just don't. I want to be depressed because that's just where I'm at. And but I'm kind of screwed because I'm preaching on it this weekend. So I guess I better read it or else I'm a super hypocrite. So I get the Bible out and I do my thing. I'm like, all right, God, would you please speak to me? You probably won't, but it's what I do. (laughs) And I start reading and I get out my phone and, and on the app, usually it's like a little old Testament and a little part of the new Testament. So I read the old Testament part And I literally was journaling about this. I was like, well, now I'm more confused and have more questions about God than I did before I read. So this is going spectacular. (laughs) All right, God, please speak to me. I'm going to read New Testament. And I think it was Mark 9 that day. And in Mark chapter 9, Jesus is talking to his disciples and, and they're like, they're struggling Like they're afraid and they're confused and like you can just feel the anxiety that these guys are going through, but they're, they're struggling together. And Jesus tells them twice in Mark nine, I'm going to die and come back to life. And they don't have a clue what he's talking about and they can't figure it out. And it's kind of freaking them out. Because remember, they left everything that they know in life to come follow this guy. And all of a sudden he's talking about dying. And that, that was never the plan. So I finished the reading. And, and as I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about this. I'm going to try to write, like, what is God saying to me today? Two things sort of jumped out at me. And, and I just, like, I don't know if it was my head, my heart, somewhere in between. But I could just tell, like, I just felt like it was from the Holy Spirit. And the first one was, notice that they were struggling together. They weren't. Struggling in isolation, like you like to do, Sean. So I wrote that down. And then the other thing that really jumped out at me was Jesus was talking about his death and resurrection, and it hadn't happened yet. They didn't have a clue what was going on, but Jesus was in control the whole time. He knew everything he was doing. He already knew the plan. He was working even though they couldn't see it. He was doing miraculous things in preparation, even though they didn't understand it. He was very active and he had everything under control. So I wrote that down. And and so oftentimes, sometimes I'll write in a journal. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll write on my computer. But I wrote some notes to myself on my computer. and, And this is what they were. Go ahead and put those up. I didn't actually put anything in all caps, but the creative team made it look better. Um, I put, what's God saying to me today? I'm working when you can't see it. Don't you dare give up now. That's what I felt like God was saying. I'm working. You just can't see it. 
I know you're having a bad day. Don't give up now. What's this mean? I'm going to be okay. One day at a time. God's always come through. He always does what he promised. He promised you freedom. He will again. And then I, I like to, like I said, I like to ask that question. What should I do? Worship and thank God today because he's with me, even though I can't feel it. Go do MMA workout with the guys. You need Christian men in your life today. Tell one of them you're struggling and ask them to pray. It was like, it was a hard day. You know, we just have those. And I, I didn't want to read the Bible. And to be honest, if I wasn't preaching this weekend, I probably wouldn't have. Just telling you how I felt that day. But I felt like God like really spoke to me. I promise I'm okay. <laughs> I, I struggle and then I want to put myself in isolation usually. And God used his word on Monday to remind me to get off the couch. Me and the leadership team are doing an MMA workout on Mondays right now. Go do the workout and go tell one of the guys you're struggling. And so I did. I asked one of my friends to pray for me. And then on Tuesday, I told the whole leadership team, I'm like, I'm okay, I promise. But I just had a bad week. And, uh, and, and then before I left, I turned on my little Bluetooth speaker and I just worshiped and I just reminded myself that God's in charge, even on the days that I don't feel it. And as I look back, God doesn't love me anymore or any less because I read the Bible on Monday, but he really helped me out in life because I read the Bible on Monday. Because I just, and, and maybe that's why he had me be a pastor. <laughs> it's like constantly I'm accountable. <laughs> it's a built-in accountability system. But because I did, and I didn't want to, like my whole week started to change. My joy level started to change. And my peace level started to change. It's because like the God of the universe actually speaks when we get into this thing. This is not a dead book to feel guilty about. It's living, it's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And the creator of the universe speaks to us about our actual lives when we get into it. That's what happens with this book. And church, when we do, we are stepping onto holy ground. I think it's Exodus 3 where Moses is out in the middle of this field. Doesn't even have his own sheep. He's got to tend someone else's sheep. Not only is everything not working out the way he wants, but he's also broke. He's in the middle of this just ordinary day where nothing seems to be going right. And he sees this bush that's on fire and it doesn't seem to like burn out. And so he goes over to it and God says, hold on a second. Take your shoes off because you're about to step onto holy ground. And then he begins to speak to him and Moses listens 
and says, I'm not very good at this stuff, but I'll try to do what you said, and it's going to change his life forever. And church, I want you to know that every time you open this thing, that's what you are doing. You are stepping into holy ground. He was stepping onto holy ground because he was stepping into the presence of God and God was about to speak. And every single time you decide to open this on the good days and on the bad days, you're stepping into the presence of God and your God is about to speak. You're stepping onto holy ground. No guilt. But what an opportunity. you stand up at every location? I have this, uh, this ritual that I've been doing recently. Before I start my Bible reading, I got a little Bluetooth speaker next to my, where my Bible sits. And I always play this song, Holy Ground. And it just reminds me. I play the song and I listen and I think about it for a second and it reminds me. I'm not playing a game here. I'm about to step onto holy ground. Some days I feel it, some days I don't. Some days I want to, some days I don't. But I'm about to step into the presence of God and he's about to speak. I'm going into holy ground. And so try that if it'll help. So the band at every location, they're gonna play this song, Holy Ground. And I want you to know right now, our God is with us. We are in his presence and he's about to speak if you'll let him. We're, we're on holy ground. And we're going to celebrate that for a minute. But think about, think about this song and what it says and what it means, because it also holds true every single time we decide to go, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to try to let you speak. And I'm going to, I'm going to muddle through it. I'm going to try to figure out what you're saying. And I'm going to try to do it. And I'm going to leave all the heavy lifting up to you because you created communication. So I'm going to let you do all the stuff I can't figure out. You speak. I'll do my best to do. And I'm going to thank you ahead of time for the life change that's about to happen in Jesus' name. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that your presence is with us right now. I thank you so much that you gave us your word. And we've never earned that. We never earned that right. We've never deserved to have your word in our life. We never earned Jesus. We never deserved for you to send Jesus to this world to live a perfect life and to die on a cross to pay the price for our sins. We never deserved that. We never earned it. And yet you tell us that today we can ask for forgiveness of our sins and he'll actually forgive our sins and your spirit will begin to dwell inside of us and we can live a life to the fullest in the here and now and get heaven forever. We've never deserved that, God, but we're so grateful. We're grateful for your son and we're grateful for your word and we're grateful for the opportunity to worship and to be in your presence. With everyone's eyes closed, I want to ask two questions and I want to give you a chance to respond to what God's doing in your life right now. The first question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. But you can feel something. You can feel that he's been drawing you closer to him even as I've been talking about the Bible. Not a guilt thing. You can sense him drawing you to him through his loving kindness. And you just know, like, this is my moment. I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I'm not going to be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I want to follow you in the here and now. And I want to take you up on this offer for heaven forever. Like, I want that. If that's you right now, raise your hand at every single location. And we're going to pray together. Oh, come on, church. Make some noise. There's hands all over the place. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. You know why you brought us here. 
The second question is this. You are a Christ follower and you're like, God, I'm not going to be perfect. You know me. You know me way too well for me to even pretend to play that game. But tonight you've got my attention and I want to try to prioritize your word. I want to try to spend some time in your presence hearing from you. And I just want to make a physical movement towards you to show that decision tonight. Just raise your hand and say, God, I just want to, I'm going to try to step up my game when it comes to, I want, I want to hear from you. Yeah, a whole bunch of us. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that we get to be here as a church family and worship your holy name in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's worship.